Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Glenn Grabsky. He's the general manager of the Tucson Convention Center. We're going to learn about that fabulous property and also hear the story of how Glenn's involvement with the Rolling Stones and the Wiggles led him away from Tucson and how he got back. Today is October 16th, 2022. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android using our very own Downtown Radio app. And if you want to reach us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. That same URL has our past episodes and links to how you can purchase our book. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hard to imagine, but it was five years ago today that I was planning my very first show, episode number one of Life Along the Streetcar. It was October 17th of 2017, and I was in the studio uh, on air, all nervous and worried about how people are going to receive this show, and it's five years later, and I I am so excited from that very first interview with Roger Pfeiffer of, of Mission Garden. You know, he and I stay in contact and have done several interviews together that Mission Garden has been part of our book. Uh, but to have that interview launching the show in 2017 was very special. And of course, the, um, uh, the second part of episode one was the 10 West Impact Festival. And we, you know, so our show, very first show on the air was the history and culture of Tucson going back centuries and what's coming to the future of our region. Uh, it was a fun, fun show. October 17th, uh, 2017. Appreciate all the support, especially from those uh, downtown radio that have allowed me to be on here. And I, I think I have followed DJ Bank, the musical bum, every show. Um, and uh, he's always been a, a great way to, to lead in and cannot do uh, do this without you know, the team that helps me put together the shows. Uh, James Portis, who helped me with my book and, and helps me on uh, social media and does some editing on the audio. So James, thank you. Uh, and also a huge shout out to Ryan hood because for five years, their song Dillinger days has been the intro for life along the streetcar. Five years, long time. Appreciate you. Love you. Thanks for, uh, for all the support. And our guest today, uh, Glenn Grabsky, he's got a phenomenal story. So I want to jump right into his interview, but, uh, he's running the convention center downtown, which is going through amazing transformations but Glenn's path from the University of Arizona and back to Tucson is amazing. Glenn Grapsky, general manager at the Tucson Convention Center. The Tucson Convention Center, that, that, uh, that's gone, uh, undergone some changes recently. How long have you been um, with, with that facility? Uh, I'm coming right up on eight years, uh, eight years next month uh, that I came, in to, came back to Tucson. Uh, the uh, building, the Tucson Convention Center, went under private management 
in October of 2014, and I came in shortly thereafter. Okay, so it's uh, so it's it's privately managed. It's not part of the city. No, it used to be managed by the city. Um, they went out to RFP, um, uh, and a company called SMG won the contract. SMG mer- merged with another company called AG Facilities, and it's now ASM Global. ASM Global manages about 350 buildings around the world uh, in the state of Arizona. We also manage the State Farm Stadium and Gila River Arena, or it's, I think it's now the Desert Diamond Arena, uh, up in Glendale. So they, they manage the property, but the, the land itself, is that still owned by the city, or is that owned by Rio Nuevo, or is there a combination well, there? Well, well, the campus is, is owned, uh, part of it is owned by Rio Nuevo, the arena, basically the arena and the convention center itself, and they lease it to the city. And the city owns the music hall and the Leo Rich Theater. Okay. And all and of that. All falls on the campus. I mean, all of that is undergoing such a transformation, which we're going to talk about uh, in a few minutes. But before we get to that, I got to talk about how Glenn gets to th- this role. Because when I talked with you a few months ago, I found out you're, you kind of have a very um, interesting path to, to Tucson and the Tucson Convention Center. Yeah, I, I started off this business really my freshman year at the University of Arizona. I got pulled into working on the, it was at the time, ASUA concerts. It was a student-run concert uh, committee, and I got hooked right away and actually stayed around an extra year so I could just run the, the program. Um, and at the time, we were doing lots of big shows on campus and everything. This was back in the early 80s. Um, and once I graduated, I was a concert promoter, rock promoter, and um, Tucson was one of my markets. Used to do shows at in the arena um, for many years, um, and then uh, then I was on the road. Then I got on the road for about twelve years or so. Well, yeah, you, you, you're sort of burying the lead there. Tell me about what on the road means. So I started uh, started uh, as a tour accountant primarily. Uh, tour accountant's job is to get the band paid each night and, and to track their expenses on the road. Uh, but I started off and spent many years with Kenny Rogers, Kenny Rogers Productions, uh, based in first L.A., then Nashville. Um, did a stint with a band called 38 Special. Did um, a stint with the Rolling Stones, where I was handling uh, corporate sponsorships. And uh, I got talked into from the production manager uh, of the Rolling Stones at the time, talked me into going out with a family show, Barney the Purple Dinosaur. And, <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, so it was, a, it was a wide range of different acts that I, I was working with. Who, who, was, uh, who was harder to work with, Mick Jagger or Barney? You know, yeah. <laughs> well, the guy in the costume is my best friend. And, and actually... Uh, Mick and company, uh, they were really good guys to work with. Uh, part of what I had to do every night was uh, d- d- work a meet and greet for you know sort of for some VIPs, and they were fantastic about it. They're they're really good. I really I really enjoyed that tour. So as a tour accountant and as working on sponsorships, you you really are. I mean, you're interacting with the band regularly. So I I, I was always wondering, like on tour, if, if they have this big entourage, how many people actually. Um, do connect with uh, you know the the stars on that tour? Yeah, and, and obviously each tour is a little different. Um, each uh, artist is a little different in how they want to handle their their entourage and stuff. But yeah, as as tour manager or tour accountant, you're you're dealing with the artist every day. 
Interesting. And, and I know you from, uh, from things we've talked about previously, you're a, a big time golfer. Did you get to <laughs> do any of these? A lot of these play, people are golfers. Did you get to go out and play with them? Yeah, so I have to say that uh, Kenny's tour was the best golfing tour I've ever been on. We we planned it around some golf courses. We had we were able to have some days off so we can go play Pebble, and and, and whatnot. And we were able to play get get on some really good courses. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kenny, Kenny Rogers scheduled his tour his tour. Well, along. we we would yeah, it would we would seem how dramatically we work out to say hey we should have a day off this day you know and it was <laughs> um, and it seemed to work. Uh, back when I was working with them and stuff, he uh, he built actually built a 18-hole golf course in his front yard um, at his place that he had in Georgia. He was a good guy. I, I do miss him. You know, he passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. He, was, he was a really solid guy. Yeah, I I, uh, I had an 18-hole golf course in my front yard, but uh, it was a, a putt-putt course, and it was pretty <laughs> much just one hole. We just moved the different obstacles in the way there. Um, yeah. So, so you're on the road. You're, you're having. It sounds. I, I, I know. You know, from an outside perspective, it sounds fun. You're hanging out with stars. You're going golfing. I'm sure it's grueling um, to be out all that time. But at some point, there's a transition that happens from that to, to Tucson. What, what, what kind of, what kind of so, that going? Yeah. So I started working for a company called Lyric Studios that became Hit Entertainment. We had some preschool properties and. I was in charge of all the live touring worldwide, and obviously Barney. Uh, then we had uh, a uh, intellectual property called Bob the Builder, and at, during that time, we helped launch the Wiggles in the United States, um, and they got white hot. Mm -hmm. um, they were a white hot property, and I went. To, I finished up working for them uh, directly, um, and just for them. And I got called uh, some years back and about getting back kind of more into his direct, uh, the arena business uh, with the AG facilities. And I went to go work uh, for the arena in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Hornets play. And I was doing, uh, I was doing the programming there. Okay. Uh, and that's, uh, how long did that last? Uh, that had to last about eight years. Um, I, this opportunity uh, came open. I was talking with uh, a, a live nation promoter out of Phoenix uh, one summer, and they, he was talking about it going to private management, SMG. So I called SMG and said, uh, you know, consider, please consider me for this position because I have blood in this building. I've done shows. I know it. Mm -hmm. I know this market. So, and I was fortunate enough to get the position. Wow, that's that's full circle. So that, that's I mean, the timing of everything was very uh, serendipitous. Yeah, I'll tell you how full circle it is. Uh, in my, a conference table in my office, it's still here. I remember selling shows on that table <laughs> with the with the uh, with the facility uh, back in the '80s. It hasn't moved. I'm not going to get rid of it. So you're on one side of the table. You come back, and you're on the other now. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> amazing. Well, eight years ago, that's a you know a pretty influential time here in in, in Tucson as well. Uh, the current uh, board of Rio Nuevo took over, and we've interviewed you know Edmund and Fletcher from the Rio Nuevo board previously, and and they both have talked about one of their first priorities was really to uh, work on the convention center and, and the arena, and I, I would imagine that was taking place around the time you were coming on board. Yeah, when I when I got here, they were finishing up, you know, basically uh, on most things, you know, getting to the punch list. 
so first day walking in here, I think one of my first meetings was a construction meeting. I got handed a folder and went down there. Um, and ever since then, you know, it's been construction of some sort every year, um, thankfully. Real the Wave has been great with that. So, you know, uh, what they did with the arena uh, was fantastic from the restrooms to the concession stands to uh, seating and everything else. They did a fantastic job. Um, and then we straight into from there, we went into improving the locker rooms uh, for the Roadrunners. That was uh, interesting because I think that deal was signed in the May and all that construction to improve the locker rooms and what other facilities they needed was done by October 1st. Wow. It's that year. So I think that was 16. That's um, it's a little faster than things are getting done these days. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> so, uh, you know, f- uh, at that time we we're finishing up, there's been, there was, we had started sitting around the table, like what's next? What do we need? What does this place need? And obviously uh, most of the facilities uh, like the arena at the time before the, the renovation hasn't hadn't been touched, you know, including restrooms and, and the meeting rooms were outdated and, and we always felt, I always pitched that we needed additional meeting rooms closer to the X-Hall floors and just additional breakout space uh, to be a competitive convention center. Um, and, you know, fast forward to a few couple of years ago, that started with this latest renovation um, that we're wrapping up now. Still, you know, still dealing with punch lists, um, but it, they really touched all over the campus. And anyone who has not been down here. Um, in a while, in a couple of years, we'll come out campus and it, it's completely different. We're going to pick up our interview with Glenn Grabsky in just a moment, but I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming at downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Just before the break, we were talking to Glenn Grabsky, and he was describing how beautiful the campus was. And we're going to pick it right back up in the, the middle of that interview, talking about the Tucson Convention Center campus and things happening in our urban core. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm out there, I wouldn't say every, you know, every week, but I'm out there frequently. Um, and a few months ago, uh, with the help of Rio Nuevo, water uh, was put back into the plaza and that, that Garrett Ekbo designed um, archi- uh, landscape architectures back alive it's it's a it's kind of a beautiful and serene place to be yeah it's fantastic i think it's 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 one of the prettiest places in tucson should definitely be one of the most photographed um and they redid that redid all the landscape and when we did that they pulled in a reclaimed water line so you know having fountains in the desert sometimes raises people's eyebrows but it's reclaimed water okay so that's good use for that water Absolutely. Now, we, the renovations, and we can dig a little bit more into it because there's been music hall renovations. There's a new hotel. But what what, what does this mean? Roadrunners, you mentioned them. They, they, obviously, they wouldn't have come in the old arena. So the new arena brings the roadrunners. But what what else happens when, when you have these? Talk about being more competitive. That's 
it's not just for conventions it's it's other things too concerts and such Yes, you know it's interesting in this in this campus because we deal with all different types of clients, and you know we're dealing with four buildings, not just one. Um, and I think we've done a pretty good job of increasing programming in the arena, and the music hall, and the Leo Rich is a great little theater, um, and a great community house. Uh, so we try to maximize those calendars, and we've seen some great growth in concerts and, and ticketing programming. Uh, since I've been here, um, the convention center was always kind of lacking, um, lacking for a couple of reasons. One is no hotels, obviously with the, with the new hotels that have opened up in the area that helps a lot. Um, and it's also was kind of getting dated. And now with that being updated and the new, uh, meeting rooms, which is about 16,000 square feet of meeting room space over, uh, adjacent to the X hall floors, uh, we are becoming more competitive. We are responding to more, uh, requests for proposals for, uh, conventions and association business down the road. And the hotel, you mentioned that that's, that's if you, and again, if you haven't been down down in the area, you might want to check it out. That's the double tree um, that is actually connected directly to the convention center. That's kind of a new thing for us. Yeah, it's fantastic. The double tree and the double tree is doing great. They've been been having sensational business since they opened. Um, yeah, it's connected to the point where we have glass doors that we will open up when when there's an event going on in the convention center. And, um, and so that people can walk just directly from the hotel into the convention center hallways. And someone just asked me this, and you may not, you may know, I don't know, the, the, the chef at the Doubletree was a, a local chef that they, that they had hired and has put out a really good menu, and I cannot remember her name right now. Virginia Wooter. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you. I, we, you know why I know that name? Why do you know that name? She's our chef now. Oh, you stole her? I, I wouldn't say she. I was. She stole her. I don't know. She was looking for a position, and yeah, Virginia uh, is our executive chef. Oh, fantastic. she's fantastic. Yeah, she. We 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 had dinner at the uh, DoubleTree soon after it opened, and I was just blown away because you think you know. I think in your mind, and this may not be fair to the brand, but I think of DoubleTree as more of a, a sort of an economy location. And when I went in there, I was like, man, this food is fantastic. The atmosphere was wonderful. The rooms were. Amazing. They even had Pelotons. I don't know if they still do, but they had Pelotons in some of the rooms. Uh, yeah, so. no, I, yeah, I don't know about that, but I, they, I think they did a great job. I think the design, the look, the feel, um, and the way they're running that, it's a, it's a fantastic, fantastic operation. And they've been noted as one of the top uh, hotels in that flag. Yeah, so, I, yeah, they've been doing good. But, yeah, I'm happy to have Chef here. She is fantastic. Um, and still just put out some great stuff. And she's got some downtown roots uh, as well from from uh, yeah. from her past. So yes, now, absolutely. So now bringing that to, as an, as the executive chef, bringing that to a world of uh, of patrons, which is fantastic. And, and so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, what is, it was interesting when I first got here, and you, you start asking around, like, okay, what do you think of the place, or what about this, or what about that? One of the big things I heard right off the bat was the food was awful. And, um, okay, well, that's something that should, can be fairly you know, easily addressed. Um, and our executive chef at the time, Greg, who's now our director of food and beverage, you know, basically we, we said, let, you know, let yourself go, you know, make it happen. You know, let's not, 
let's not get too much caught in the weeds and let's put on some good food. And I think that helped turn this place around, you know, back, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, and our banquet business has, has grown steadily. And uh, we're getting, you know, take care of the band's backstage needs. And we're getting good reviews with that, too. Good. Yeah, I think I keep the bands happy. They want to keep coming back. And, and yeah, most, most, most of the big shows that are coming out, are they in the arena? Uh, it's, 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 uh, uh, boy, it's almost split coming up here. But, uh, you know, we do most of our shows in the music hall. But uh, coming up, I think in the next week or so, we have uh, uh, John Mulaney in the arena. Uh, a couple weeks after that, we have Judas Priest in the arena. We got Greta Van Fleet in the arena. I think that holds us off through, I think, January. Uh, the rest of the stuff that's coming up is, is in the music hall. And a recently renamed music hall, as I understand. Yes, the Linda Rossa music hall. I think that it, it's wonderful. It's a great honor you know, for anyone who's not of age to really understand the significance of Linda Rossa in the pop music scene uh, needs to do some research because she was the top female artists of that time and not, I, even, not even close yeah and i understand it was uh you know having her present and i think the mayor was very very much a driving force in wanting that to happen and 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 uh, I, I i agree with you i think given tucson's history and and her musical um importance and significance it's just fantastic to have that you know and not yeah, just they, not just the ronstadt the linda ronstadt music hall yeah Exactly, and it was the, the ceremony was fantastic. It, was, it, it happened before the final performance uh, associated with the mariachi conference, and they had a. I, I, I apologize because I can't remember which school it was. Uh, mariachi band uh, play play her off stage doing Blue Bayou, uh -huh. and I want to find out who, who it was because the girl who sang that absolutely nailed it. I understand. And it, was pretty, it was just it was just very moving. Yeah, I understand. It was pretty emotional uh, for for uh, Linda Ronstadt as well. It was. Um, well, you you mentioned some upcoming shows here. This is going to air on the fifteenth. So I think looking at your calendar, we're probably at the time of airing, right in the middle of uh, uh, Disney on Ice. Yes, we'll be finishing up. That'd be the weekend of Disney on Ice. Uh, the yearly uh, attendance of uh, Disney um, doing well. Um, always a great family show. Um, Felt does a great job with that. We'll also be, like I said, the next week uh, we'll have John Mulaney in. We also have a, another children's uh, property, uh, Coco Million Live, in a music hall on the 19th. Uh, Pucifer in a music hall on the 20th. Uh, that next weekend we also open up the Roadrunner season. Uh, their first home game is that Saturday, the 22nd. Um, and... Uh, during this whole time, too, I can't, I can't forget that you know, the Tucson Symphony, uh, we were home to them, and uh, Arizona Chamber Music, and uh, Arizona Opera. So they're, oh. they're, their performances strung through here as well. And, and is all that available on your website? Yes, and you go to the first page, there's an event, uh, event page, but there's also links out to the Roadrunners and uh, Tucson Symphony, Arizona Opera, uh, Tucson Sugar Skulls. Is that Tucson more direct? Tucson Convention Center. Yeah, it's yeah TucsonConventionCenter dot com. Okay, and we'll of course link to that from our Facebook page so people uh, can find that. And I guess the last question, one of the things that that I get questions a lot about because as, as you, you may or may not know, I do tours in that general area, and 
people are always asking about what the renovations will mean for the gem show. Does that do we do we think it's possible it's even going to get bigger? Yes, I, I do. Uh, we just had meetings this last week with both of the shows. We, as you know, we have two shows here. Our first show is with American Gem and Trade Show uh, Trade Association. It is a trade show, so it's a B2B. Um, and then, obviously, we host uh, what I like to call the mothership, Tucson Gem and Mineral Society, the one who started it all. Uh, at the second week, um, and that's a consumer show. Both of them are expanding their footprint utilizing our the new meeting space so um they're they're both growing so we are anticipating a big gem show this year if you have not been down i recommend you go check it out even if it's just to take a walk around the campus it's it's a beautiful facility that uh is just consistently um moving into more of that sort of world-class facility that i think we're looking for in tucson to take take advantage of our weather and and um you know our great restaurants and bringing more people into into, commu- into the community. Yeah, I think this is a great town. It's, it's a great town to sell to other people to come in and host their events here. Um, it's a unique, uh, very unique city that I think has a lot to offer visitors. Well, Glenn Grabsky, you are the general manager, the head honcho, the, uh, the person in charge of the entire campus. You've got a lot of people working for you, doing great things. I appreciate you taking out your time today and look forward to catching up with you on anything that's new and developing. Don't hesitate to share that with us. Well, I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you very much. Glenn Grabsky of the Tucson Convention Center, also of Kenny Rogers, Rolling Stone, and Wiggles fame. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Episode 222 and five years in the book. Thank you again for uh, sticking with us for five years if you've been around since the beginning. And thanks for joining us along the way. Always uh, feel free to reach out to us uh, by email, uh, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. Head us up on Facebook or Instagram and uh, let us know what's going on out there. We appreciate you. Well, in honor of our fifth anniversary, which is a wood gift according to the traditional and silverware according to the modern list of gifts, I'm leaving you with a song from the poets in 2014 called Wooden Spoon. My name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.